Well, today's guest is a guest that I think that we are all going to learn something from. I have literally just told her that I feel like this episode is going to be life-changing for me, if nobody else. So welcome along for that ride. Uh, Today I'm joined by the lovely Kristen, who is a mindset coach. Uh, She works in mental health and has previously worked as a business psychologist. So for anybody that has previously listened to any of the podcast episodes from me, especially solo ones, you'll know my fascination with psychology and how I like to understand why people do the things that they do. So obviously, why not have a pro on the, the podcast? <laughs> Welcome to the podcast, Kristen. Yay! How are you? I'm good. Woo! Feeling the pressure now. I'm like, oh, <laughs> I didn't write enough notes for this. <laughs> no pressure whatsoever just we'll all remember that you're only human if you don't know something that's absolutely fine yeah yeah and just expect a lot of stupid questions coming from me well that is that is absolutely fine I can answer stupid questions no problem nice like it so with every guest that I have on the podcast I like to challenge them to introduce themselves as a person because Mm -hmm. we all have this horrible habit of introducing ourselves as what we do just like I did in the intro there (laughs) Um, and to add a little bit of spice to it uh, I challenge you to do it in 30 seconds or less now before we hit record you told me that you just practiced so I feel like you're one of those that's up for the challenge and like yeah it's just like getting ready like limbering up pump my chest out let's go (laughs) (laughs) I have a stopwatch so I'm gonna count you in okay you ready yeah Three, two, one, go. So I'm Kristen and I love to study humans. I am a super curious person and probably quite philosophical in terms of always having an open mind. I'm very well known for being very direct direct in my blunt approach um, and I can't really stand people that don't open up. Uh, three interesting facts about me is I have climbed Kilimanjaro, I've worked on a psychiatric ward and I also had an incident in Bangladesh where I had an entourage of armed guards with me. 27 seconds you did it yes I did I did um I did actually start my words there and I thought don't do it I saw it in your face kind of go shit <laughs> Honestly. amazing um okay. I've got to ask about the the Bangladesh story yeah that was obviously gonna come I thought I thought I better put that in there so I travel to, me and my dad go traveling all the time. We go to like really different places. He, he actually takes me quite dangerous places. It's a little bit worrying. I don't know what he's trying to do. But anyway, so we went to India, Bhutan and Bangladesh. And there was actually an attack in Bangladesh, like a, a, a village down from where we were. So all the time that we were in there, we had to have a car, like a defender, I'm not even sure it wasn't as fancy as a defender, um, behind us and in front of us with all of these guys with these AK-47s um, oh. just in case anything happened. And they said that was quite normal. Um, <laughs> I mean, that doesn't sound very I mean, normal to me. <laughs> I don't usually have that in Norfolk, but... Um, <laughs> So, yeah, it was quite the experience. Um, and he's also taken me to Guatemala as well, which is the murder capital of the world. So, I mean, maybe he doesn't want me in his will. I don't know. Anyway. I mean, yeah, that's really interesting. There's probably... Uh, you're the one that studies humans. Like, what? Oh, I can't, I can't work my dad out. That is not what I can work out. I'll tell you, honestly. <laughs> Feels like a bit of a lost cause. What a story, though. Yeah, it was It was a really good trip. Bhutan was really nice as well, but... um. Yeah, it was definitely. And over there, they worship a god where they they dye their hair and their 
um, like beard and stuff, bright blonde. Wow. Yeah, so it's quite a contrast. And we met this guy that had his, his was all bright orange. But yeah, there was so much, so much interesting stuff. And I do love to travel. And I do feel like it, it does give me, like it's given me such an insight into different cultures and societies. Yeah, and it just gives you a different perspective, doesn't exactly. it? Exactly, yeah. And I think in in this country if if you haven't traveled I think you don't you don't question when society does stuff at all and like I said in the intro I'm, I'm really curious so I'll always be thinking hmm, I wonder why they just did that or you know I'm always thinking there is a reason behind it so yeah yeah amazing so obviously um now that we know a little bit more about you as a human being and <laughs> an incredibly odd but fascinating story (laughs) what do you do for a living what is what's your business so mindset coach is my business um and do you want me to talk about what I do with my clients or yeah just yeah how do you work with people kind of what what does that look like so generally I will work with people and I will have a really in-depth session first of all to really get to know them and I use tools for that um and it's actually really interesting because this whole thing about can't stand what why when people don't open up um I actually have people pay me for sessions and they will come to sessions and they'll be like oh I don't know really what do you think what do you think we should work on and I think I don't know what do you want to work on because actually you I, I need they need to tell me what they want to work on and yes it's my job as a coach to get them get them out of that you know get that out of them um but yeah, it's, yes, it's, it does fascinate me sometimes. Take, people take a little while to to warm up, and I think for me, I'm quite an open book. So if I, you know, went to a therapist or a coach, I'd be like, "Oh my god, you never guess what's happened." Blah blah. blah and this is what happened today, and you know, I think it's linked to my childhood. And blah blah blah. <laughs> That's what I would be like. Um, I think you've just you've literally just described every therapy session that I have on a Friday. <laughs> yeah, and that and well, that's the thing. It's very diff- therapy is so different to um coaching um obviously therapy looks more at the past whereas coaching is more looking towards the future um a lot of goal setting um but it's one of those things for me it's like I don't understand how people can pay for something and not fully use it if I pay for something I'm going to use and abuse that absolutely why why would I pay for something and go "Mm, mm, I don't know I don't know if I want to tell you that actually not, no, not yeah, sure you want that. Yeah, and you you want to tell them. Every, I mean, I'll probably overshare. I think you, you know that from the dream that I had about. Oh <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I overshare. So, um, but if well, I've worked with many coaches before, and I want to tell them everything because I think if that's linked to something that is stru- stopping me, um, and that's generally what I'm trying to do with my clients. What are the blocks here? Like, what are, what is stopping you from? being that person that you want to be or being as successful as you want to be and I think I mean you could have a coach for life and you'd always be you'd always be working on yourself it's it's really definitely it's not a bad thing at all 100% and I think thinking about kind of why I create this podcast and who's listening one of the things that you know I think we all see especially in the world of Instagram and all that kind of stuff is imposter syndrome and Mm. when we kind of had our pre-chat prior to this recording um, I think we both very quickly agreed that that would be a really good topic to talk about. So thinking yeah. about kind of the small business world and imposter syndrome, 
I really want to hear from you kind of how you know why do we get it because again I think I think we're very similar in like I just like to understand why like even when it comes to like programs and things and I'm like well what does that do if I push that button why like what I need to understand the connection between it and so that kind Mm. of fascinates me when it comes to people's behavior as well so yeah can you talk to us a little bit about you know why why do we get imposter syndrome in the first place I mean I don't want to be that annoying person that says that there's no blanket answer. But yeah, obviously, but... there is no blanket answer. I mean, obviously, imposter syndrome is the belief that you're not as competent as others perceive you to be. Yeah. So it, it's more about what other people are saying to you. No, you're great. You can do this. And you're like, oh, no, I, I definitely can't. So a lot of it comes down to belief. Um, but then you will always second guess yourself. So even when you get to those positions, you might think, oh, well, it's just luck. I don't belong here. Um And a lot of the time it's linked to self-doubt, which, you know, we talked about as well. Um, You'll criticise your own performance, that sort of stuff. So some of the reasons that that it might be or could be um, is confidence. And confidence is such an interesting one. I I will always ask my clients this, no matter what they are working with me on. Um, And I'll ask you, actually, I'm going to ask you a question. Oh shit, I was not prepared for this. Go on, are you sweating yet? Yes. (laughs) Um, What is confidence? Oh Christ! I'm probably the one putting people on the spot, not the other way around. What is confidence? Confidence is... I think we use so many words interchangeably because my initial thought was confidence is kind of that that gritty bit in the bottom of your stomach that is like I believe I can do something Mm -hmm. and so and when I think about if I'm if I don't feel confident doing something and how I change that I almost have to kind of prove to myself in small little I have to do something and kind of go yep did that tick so that's how I would build my confidence so confidence is (laughs) (laughs) Uh... (laughs) you want me to say what what yeah. they, so yeah <laughs> i just saved you there remember that later so you can save me at some yeah, point um confidence is a feeling yeah so it's an emotion but it's not it's not an actual fact and it's individual to every single person on earth you might look at somebody and go they're really confident but it might be that they're just confident in one certain um you know topic you know i I might be the sort of person that people look at me and go, oh, right, so she, she's quite good at maybe, like, public speaking or speaking to people. I would then look at somebody who's just done an Olympic medal and I'd be like, oh, you know, they're confident in that area. So I think we get so hung up on the word confidence, and this is where it comes back to imposter syndrome, that it, it stops us doing the things that we want to do, purely because we believe that feeling in our brain. Does that make sense? Interesting. Yeah. So I don't think, yeah, I don't think I've ever kind of, I would never have called it an emotion. Yeah. And you can change your emotions. Absolutely. It's a state of being, isn't it? Because I I could be confident speaking to you. And then, I mean, the presentation that I did last week on the psychology of procrastination, um, shit in it honestly I was just like oh my god biggest presentation I've ever done you know 
I still procrastinated on it and ended up doing extremely <laughs> How last ironic. minute. <laughs> How ironic. Um, but the more you do those things, the more you, th- more you push yourself out of your comfort zone, the more you are training your brain to believe that you can do those things. It will yeah. always feel uncomfortable. Push- getting out of your comfort zone will always feel uncomfortable. But you get that certain level of, okay, I'm going to do it anyway. Yeah. And so the the interlink between confidence and imposter syndrome then mm-hmm. is is just that again it's just that state isn't it i suppose because imposter syndrome is you're kind of guessing what other people think about you yeah yeah i would say that's true um which we do you know comparison we've talked about i think we talked about that the other day as well but um we are social beings, you know, evolution, we had to be social beings to survive. So it's normal for us to compare to others and come come together as a group, know who that we who, who we could trust. Um, so we're always going to do that. You, you're never going to not compare yourself to somebody else. And comparison is not always a bad thing either. Um, yeah. But I think the best thing with imposter syndrome is recognising, like I said, feelings are not facts. Um, a really good tip for confidence boosting, imposter syndrome, anything is to keep an achievement list. So to keep an achievement list or a record of positive feedback that people have given to you. Um, <clears throat> and when you're feeling that lack of confidence, you're going into something, you can have a look back at that. And it actually releases the serotonin in your brain to say that you're, you know, you, you feel a little bit better. Um, yeah. Or speak to somebody else that makes you feel you know really confident gives you a bit of encouragement that's such a good point actually because I think well the first um business coach I ever worked with she told me to uh create a folder on my computer and just save every every nice review I got all of that kind of stuff and I was like that sounds really silly but I did it and it's not I to be fair you know hold my hands up I probably don't look at it as much as I should or when I am I am doubting myself I don't it's not my go-to and it probably should be but when I did look at it, it definitely worked. And now I kind of understand why. Mm. And that's because we are so not used to um, praising ourselves and talking about yeah. ourselves in a good way. And people think you're too, um, what's the word, bolshy or boasty. And, or arrogant. Or, or ar- arrogant, that's what I was looking for. <laughs> I, that's my save back is it <laughs> i've used that already <laughs> um, but yeah but we, we, should, we should do those things definitely should yeah. do those. It's shouting the and, and as small business owners as well it almost feels like that we need to do that for our own sanity if nothing else because mm-hmm. no one's no one else is going to do it for us are they <laughs> like so true so true because so, if you work by yourself, you know, yeah, you when when you're in an office, if I kind of think back to corporate days, when I'm walking around an office, I always look to a manager or, you know, to my pal sat next to me saying, actually, mm-hmm. oh, that was really good. Like, well done. Like, yeah. Great job on that report. Whereas I don't, I don't have that anymore. Mm. Yeah. It's stroke. God, it's the, fascinating. Little stroke of the ego. Which, yeah, it just feels like a negative thing, doesn't it? Mm, yeah. You kind of feel like, well, why should I praise myself for it? Why should I say that I've done a good job? Why? 
And interestingly, and I wasn't actually planning on this at all, but last week in my therapy session, I had a breakthrough about um, why I procrastinate at work. And I think it probably subconsciously came from our conversation. And um, I just remember saying to Helen, like, I just don't, Helen's my therapist. um, I just, I just don't get why it's kind of, it's been weighing on me a lot that I used to be able to, I think about life in corporate office I used to get so much done Mm. and now I feel like I don't get half of it done and it's because I procrastinate on it but why do I procrastinate on it I know I need to do that client work and yet I kind of stop myself and I I, like like, I just I don't want to do it because what if she hates it what if it's not good enough what if and it takes me to go well I'm not gonna fucking know unless I send it so absolutely and what's the worst that could happen she hates it okay well I change it yeah. But the more I procrastinate on it, on it, the more stress I'm building myself up for because I'm going to leave it a day before the deadline. She's She could potentially hate it. Then I've just added more stress and more things to my to-do list in that last day. What an idiot. <laughs> and it's so funny that we do that and we put ourselves um, under that, ex- like that ex- extremely difficult pressure and then we just get frustrated, frustrated with ourselves. Um I was just thinking there's like sometimes it comes down to self-sabotage yeah but also like you say and and sometimes we feel like so I talked about this in my presentation the whole idea of this fantasy world did I mention this to you no I don't think you did so we obviously live kind of in our imagination don't we yeah um everything that we've got in our fantasy world seems better than what reality is which is quite depressing to be honest but it's a lot of the reason why we procrastinate because of that it's it doesn't feel like it's going to live up to expectations we've got fear of being judged and then we come into the whole skill gap confidence whole issue that I've just gone into if we don't feel confident or we feel like we have a certain skill gap in that area that's another reason why we procrastinate but I definitely want to look more into the whole thing about the fantasy world um because what was it they were saying that I said in my presentation? Part of the pleasure centre is in the prefrontal cortex of the brain. That immediate release that we get rewards our brain, which is why we will always go for the thing that's going to relieve us the most. So even when we really, really, really don't want to procrastinate, we have to work so hard, so hard against our brain to actually go and do it. Yeah. Um. Yeah, yeah it's, it's super it's super fascinating that whole whole side yeah there. and I just I love that you kind of that word there was one word in there that just stood out like a sore thumb expectation mm. because I think that's what it is isn't it what well, it is for me anyway I think I I hold myself to such a, a standard or a level and so I place that expectation on myself yeah. nobody else has that expectation of me mm. and yet it stops me so that actually makes so much sense i told you this is gonna be like for me. Boom. we've done it in 20 minutes isn't it, <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> changed your life in 20 minutes i'm gonna write that as a testimonial that's fine you can have that <laughs> like, yeah. oh, I love it. um so for people that are listening so obviously kind of going back to that you know generally speaking small business owners we have daily battles i've talked about it before from a personal point of view that i think we kind of there, there are some days where I can ex- literally have every emotion possible 
mm-hmm. and it's like my state changes depending on if I get a shitty email and I get some praise from a client then my Instagram post dives and then all of this kind of stuff and it's literally just like a roller coaster so from an imposter syndrome and kind of a self-doubt place mm. what advice would or you know what tips can you give somebody that's listening to this to to help I'm just thinking as well this this episode's going to go out in the new year mm-hmm. um so obviously we're in a new year what you know somebody might have kind of just spent Christmas thinking business is a bit shit I don't I don't know if I should do that I don't know if they've been doing the whole review thing and planning and goal setting and all of that kind of stuff which just blows my mind anyway but I tend to find that kind of self-doubt then creeps in because I'm like well I want to do this thing but I don't know if I can Mm. so so what you know how would you tackle that or how would you advise somebody to tackle that the, the main thing that came to mind there, and they're not actually tips, to be honest, it is one, one sort of sentence. If you are placing that much, um, what is the word? If you're placing that much importance over external validation, because all the things that you've just listed off, something's, you know, your Instagram post has gone yep. badly, you've got this... They're all your things that you're being validated for externally. And yep. this is going to be really cheesy and you're going to friggin' hate this. <laughs> if, you, if you weren't looking for it in other people and actually found it within yourself, then you wouldn't feel like that. You wouldn't give a shit whether your post had just gone bad or a client was unhappy with you because you know yourself that you're the shit. Do you know what I mean? So it yeah. doesn't it doesn't matter. None of those things matter to you. And I'm not saying that things like that aren't going to, you know, give you maybe a little bit of a dent, but it's about not dwelling on them. Yeah. So one of my favorite sayings is feel it don't feed it. So I would never tell anybody to ignore their emotions never ever. It's really important that we do actually feel our emotions and, you know, question why we feel that way. Don't feed into it. You don't need to feed into it for a long period of time because that's when it becomes a problem. And that would be my one piece of advice, really. And I think it's one thing that I suppose I've been given feedback on um, that ability to see things for what they are. Yeah. It's very logical. Don't make it mean and I th- anything. Yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, thinking about my clients and stuff and people that I work with and if the programs that I do and all that kind of stuff, you t- I tend to find that the majority of people do, they do get hung up on the small things. It's like, oh, but what, what am I going to post on Instagram? I'm like, it doesn't really fucking matter. It genuinely doesn't. And it's interesting that you've kind of said, and you're right, because I think from, I, I mean, more personally than business for me, when one bad thing happens, I spiral and mm. I, I tend to find, and, and you're right, feed it. And I say, well, that's gone wrong. So when that shit as well, oh, and then, and I just literally just go down into this like cave. Yeah. <laughs> like, so, but it's interesting that you know I'm. I think one of the things that I'm placing importance on in 2022 is is remembering that we're not defined by our business and we're humans as well. So it's interesting. It's been really nice to kind of talk to you about it because I think of I almost kind of compartmentalize my therapy side of me. That's really empathetic and really emotional and all that kind of stuff and my business side yeah so it's it's worth remembering that if you run a business you're not you're not two different people 
No, definitely not. And they definitely impact each other. And that's something I'll come to at the the end when I talk about really what I do is state and strategy. So I work with people not only on their strategy and their business, but also their state because one doesn't one always affects the other. Like you can't yeah. you can't go and get a business coach without working on yourself if you are if you own your own business. It just it doesn't work. You end up having a strategy. And this is one of my bugbears. You can tell because I'm starting to talk faster. <laughs> This is one of my bugs. I love it. All, all of these people that sell these strategies skyrocket your sales. You will do this, blah blah blah. It has to work for them. Like you just can't. You can't just pick up that manual and be cutter. like, "Oh, lovely, yeah, cookie cutter." It's just, I just, and it really gets on my nerves. Really, really gets on my nerves, especially because I've spent a lot of money on coaches, and. I learned a lot from them, a lot, a lot. But I didn't what would you say was the biggest, what was the biggest lesson that you learned from your having had that negative kind of, I, you, you brought up a negative experience with a coach. So we, we won't dive into it, but <laughs> what would you say would be your lesson, your biggest lesson from that? What, the when I brought up the negative experience or what yeah. that experience was? What was my biggest lesson? Do you know what? My biggest lesson was probably how defensive I am. <laughs> I didn't actually realise that. I mean, people have said that to me before, but I always thought, well, no, I'm not defensive. <laughs> but you were such, defensive about it. <laughs> such a defensive thing to do. <laughs> Classic. Um, I hadn't really, I don't think I'd really realised how much that impacts the information that I take in, I think. Because... If you're immediate, and this goes way deeper, but if you're, for me, I mean, if you're immediately thinking, why is this person telling me this? I know what I'm talking about. You're not listening to what they're saying. And I had to do, you know, a lot of practicing in terms of like active listening and thinking that this person is trying to tell me something from their point of view. And it's always going to be interesting from somebody else's point of view, because we all have our different view of the world, don't we? Um... But I used to get really frustrated that people didn't think I knew what I was doing. But that's not what they were doing. They were just trying to help. Yeah. It was, yeah. It, I think we're more alike than I, I thought we were. <laughs> this is a bit scary. <laughs> well, you, you do become, you get attracted to people that you obviously already, are, you, yeah. you are alike anyway, don't you? Because so. it's interesting because I've been through a very similar thing. Um, and I just, I realised how defensive I was. And it is, it is it does take a lot of work because I think I came to the realization I so I've got to the habit when I walk out of therapy now I'll go for a walk and I will literally um transcribe just little things that are coming up in in my brain Mm. just one-liners and one of the things that I wrote down a couple of weeks ago was that I walked past uh, an old family friend in the street and I always put my headphones in I don't I just want to kind of decompress after therapy, obviously. But yeah. I walked past and they went, hey, how are you? And I went, yeah, I'm good, thanks. How are you? I'm carrying on walking. And I literally voice noted myself and said, we always ask people how they are, but we don't listen to the response. We literally no. listen to respond. Yeah. We, there's, no, there's no, you know, if I said, hey, how are you? You're initial. Yeah, I'm fine, thanks. Yeah. It's never, you're never kind of sitting there going, how am I actually actually do you know what I feel a bit shit 
Yeah. And this is going on and this is and this is happening. And so we always I tend to find and I've become so much more aware of it. Mm. Like it's crazy. Because you kind of you ring somebody, hey, how are you? Yeah, I'm good, thanks, how are you? Yeah, yeah. And then you get on with what you rang them for. Yeah. You, and we listen to we don't listen to actually listen, we listen to respond. And it's just I, bullshit. Yeah. It's um I don't want to listen to respond there, so that's why I did that pause, by the way. Um, <laughs> um, actually, and do, do you know what I think that is? And I could be completely wrong here, but I think that because when you go, when you say to somebody, hi, how are you? And they say, oh, my God, I'm not all right, and blah, blah, you think, <laughs> drama queen, or, God, she's an oversharer, or, oh, I'm not going to bring her again. It was so draining last time. I think we've made that ingrained. But interestingly enough that is I think that is it's a western it's a western thing they don't have in other countries I wouldn't say that they're like that interesting yeah they're genuinely interested in you as a person and whether that's because I've been to crazy places where they've never even I mean in Bangladesh <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't I don't think they'd seen a, a white female in years I mean I felt like a celebrity the it was like paparazzi there was like I would go to like a shop and there would in within a minute there would be like 20 people standing outside the shop taking pictures because they hadn't seen people like me they're like what are you doing here yeah um anyway but so they're genuinely they are genuinely curious to hear what the response is that's fascinating that's amazing but I wonder whether that's something to do with how busy we are and don't get me started yeah. busy either because that if somebody says that oh, I'm really busy I just I can't <laughs> I can't even I can't even I feel like that's a gripe go on before we hit it before we end it let's get that one out go on why so, if I had said if I said I'm really good but I'm busy yeah what's the gripe that's great that you're busy why are you saying that for some sort of medal or are you gen- do you genuinely feel like you're busy? Because actually, if you're busy, that really is your own fault because you haven't put enough boundaries in. So I'm, I'm so sick to death <laughs> hearing people say I'm really busy. I am busy. I fit a lot into my life. Fine. But what I do do is realise what I absolutely have to do and what I absolutely don't have to do. And I leave time, enough time for myself so I don't have to use that bloody word. Love that. I'm not going to lie, I love that. I have come to realise recently a a mutual connection who genuinely, I think she gets a fucking recognition on every episode now, Leanne. When we talk every single day and I just kind of say, I feel like I'm really busy. But actually, over the last couple of weeks, I've said to her, I'm not actually half as productive as I think. I'm a busy fool. I have been absolutely a busy fool. Yeah. And my brain is telling me that I'm busy, but actually the outcome and the output is not fucking half as much as it should or could be. No, and it feels like a medal of honour, right? Because you say, mm. like, they used to use it a lot in the corporate world. Oh, God, yeah, I'm just so I'm just so busy. And that was, like, really good because you'd get people to feel sorry for you or you you get a sense of importance out of that. I'm, yeah. I'm busy. I'm important. I've got people that need me. Great. That's great. So what? <laughs> that, that's just great. That's just great. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, this has been one of my favourite podcasts. Oh, good. <laughs> we haven't even talked about mindset either. That's yeah, let's great. go with that. Come on then. <laughs> 
<laughs> I told you I do this. I go off on tangents. So I think, but I think when we had our initial chat as well, it's not that I was hesitant, but I did. I'm just as open and truthful and transparent as you are. I think mm-hmm. and brutal and upfront, which I think has been why I've loved this episode so much. Um, but but I think for me, separately and together, mindset and also we very very subtly touched on the word coach because there's been a whole drama with that so we won't go into that but mindset for me is just very woo yeah so I would say uh, mindset is psychology that is all it is it is psychology but you know it's the brain it's how we perceive things but I can't call myself a psychologist in this society because I'm not chartered right so I'm not able to put as my label because it's illegal yeah to say that I am a psychologist so I decided to call myself a coach right and that doesn't mean that I have any less experience it doesn't mean that I haven't spent many many years like studying people but it just means that I can't use that word so what what would you call me then a psychology coach no one's going to know what that is are they? Yeah. No one's really going to understand what that is. It doesn't mean that I haven't done qualifications in certain things. I've done my psychology degree. I've done the masters. All of that sort of stuff it doesn't make me a better, a better person than anybody else. This in you know in this industry, you have to have your coaching qualification, obviously, to call yourself a coach. But it's just a label. It's literally just yeah. a label. If I just put on there, I help people. That's not going to be specific enough. Is with it? their brains. <laughs> I help people with their brains. And people are going to go, like, what the hell is that? So, but I went through all of that. I went through all of that. I was like, no, no, I don't want to call myself a coach. Oh, gosh, no, not after the stuff I've done. And I thought, don't be so precious. Like, that is what you're doing. And those are the sort of skills and strategies that you're using. So so from a business point of view, what, what does mindset encompass? Mindset. It, well, it would, I would say psychology, which is such a broad topic. But for me personally, it encompasses stuff like the way we look at things, like our perception, anything, any sort of barriers that we have personally. So we're thinking about all the topics that we've talked about, overwhelm, procrastination, uh, boundary setting, all, all of those sorts of things. And I would say really looking at the why. It is really. It's looking at why. Why are you unhappy in the certain situation that you are? Because if you weren't unhappy, you wouldn't be looking to change your mindset. Yeah, I think it's just it. It's not. Maybe I've phrased that wrong. It's not that I think it's woo. I think it's just over. It's one of those words that some people have just picked up and fucking run with it. Yeah, and it yeah, almost feels like it's kind of. What's the, what, what's the phrase? What do I want to say? It's not that it's not important anymore. It's that it's just kind of, it's saturated with bullshit. And so therefore people don't take it seriously anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you no, know what I mean? That's what happens with everything. That's what happens mm. with every single word. You, It gets overused and then people tear it down. Yeah. Because they're, they're sick to death of hearing it. Unless it's recognised yeah. in this society. Because you're not going to tear down a psychologist, are you? Because it's, yeah. you know, a proper job. Quote unquote. Quote unquote. Well, yeah, it is a proper job, obviously. (laughs) No shade to any psychologists, but you know, we we only start to respect it if other people tell us to respect it. I sometimes think. Yeah, that's true. So, for anybody that's listened to this, what would you kind of say? I'm always so critically 
passionate about somebody listening to this and having something to take away from it and go and do mm-hmm. if it's resonated so for anybody that's listened what would be kind of one to three things that you could tell them to take away go and do go and something to change or work on yeah okay so definitely having that one short sharp sentence that you can say to yourself that actually works so whether it's something for overwhelm so feel it don't feed it um procrastination i always say imperfect action every time um once you know that that works then stick to that sentence because it actually is a cue for positive behavior in your brain so if you know it works then stick to that one sentence because your brain will know that a reward is coming afterwards if you get it done um the achievement list definitely a good one to do yeah know your self-care activities so I actually have like a list of self-care activities things that can be fit into an hour things that can be fit into five minutes and depending on how much time I have I will look at them and if I feel like I'm getting overwhelmed I'll look at them and I'll do one of them depending on how much time people aren't usually as structured as that and sometimes they'll feel that overwhelmed but they won't like they won't they'll be like oh I've got time to go for a long walk but if you've got smaller activities just to give yourself a little refresh it's a good one and favorite one of all which probably get a little bit distracted by is to have a good time I love to have a good time me and I probably do prioritize it a little bit more than business (laughs) probably why I am where I am but um I would say yeah just don't take life so seriously and watch a video that you know really laughs makes you laugh I've got videos on my phone of like family members or friends doing stupid stuff that I know will make me laugh every time or I've got a friend that I know if I ring her she will always make me laugh um just have those like in your back pocket because sometimes yeah. it's a little bit weird if you sit here and laugh to yourself at nothing <laughs> as a business owner um, not to say I probably have done that. Packing boxes, just, <laughs> just like absolutely nothing. But that, yeah. So they they would be my main things. I would say. Amazing. Uh, I honestly, I've enjoyed this episode more than I could probably explain. Uh, oh, thank good. you so much for your time. It's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, for anybody that has listened to this and found joy through it, even if it's just laughing at my misfortune. Um, <laughs> Where can they find you, follow you, work with you? Um, kind of how do you work with people, all that kind of stuff? So I am mainly on Instagram. I have got a website as well, Kristen Gilchrist Coach. I think it is. No, Kristen Gilchrist, sorry. Sorry. Um, <laughs> um, so I think that's I'm the only one on there because my parents spelt my name stupidly. So um, <laughs> obviously I've talked about what my experience is and that I work with people on their state and their strategy. The only other thing to notice is uh, to mention is that I do offer loads of different packages all the way from like a two hour one off session up to like a six week intensive. Um, so I have got a lot in there. I've only recently started doing that, actually, but I felt like I needed to open up to more people and that I only work with purpose led business owners. And purpose led is positively impacting society over profit. So it's quite a broad thing, actually. I used to just work with eco people, but now 
I've, I've opened it up a little bit, mainly because my experience, I think it was staring at me in the face. I don't even know why I didn't think, given my history of who I've worked with, I don't know why I didn't just go with that to start with, but anyway. Don't don't worry about that, we've all done that. I had a literal brainwave where I was like, I'll just do digital marketing for small businesses. And I was like, literally my entire nine years of corporate was selling products. Why the fuck am I working with service-based businesses? What, what is wrong with me? This? Why did anybody say this to me? This is the exact same thing as me. Why did nobody tell me? I know, well, you need that honest. I mean, did you have Leanne then though? No, I didn't. Uh, so she probably would have told you although she yeah. didn't tell me and I do work with her but <laughs> just just thinking back to like I started out working with the homeless then I went into mental health then I went into psychology like they're all it was all purpose driven people that I worked with and I was like hmm, you're going to work with people in the eco area because <laughs> why not that makes because sense why not? you know I just yeah anyway <laughs> that's what I do amazing well yep. uh, for anybody that's listened uh go and check her out uh, as always i will drop all of the links in the show notes so that you can go find follow and work with book her asap um, <laughs> super duper quickly um i might actually be booking a session myself so come <laughs> join me because i feel like i need it uh thank you so much for your time Kristen. it's honestly been such a pleasure no worries thanks for having me thank you right cool enjoy the rest of your day and i'll talk to you soon okay Bye, bye, bye.